You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops, I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Coming at you today, we have a special guest on the show. It is Ben Hollifield. Many of you know Ben from Hornets Twitter. Uh, ben serves up some of the spiciest takes, I would say, on Hornets Twitter. He gets a lot of uh, comments, a lot of replies. So that's why I had to get him on the show. I had to get him on the show. We had to discuss some things. I always enjoy reading Ben's content, whether I agree or disagree. That's, you know, I feel like that's the part of uh, of life we all need to get to. Like being able to see and be able to give a little, take a little, uh, sometimes you can't, and I get that, and maybe you feel like that about Ben's comments. But anyways, without further ado, Ben, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem, no problem. Um, so, a couple things coming up on the show today. Uh, we're going to talk about injuries. Is that the biggest reason as to what has led to the Hornet season being what it is? Gordon Hayward, injured again, or at least sitting out the second night of a back-to-back. We'll see what happens. But he ended up on the injury report missing another game. So we're going to discuss a little Gordon Hayward. And then we're going to end this episode with a segment I'd like to call Trade or Fade. And so Ben's been working on some trade machine propositions. He's got a thread going, all the things. We're going to kind of roll through those, see where we land on those. So first off, though, Ben, did you think that this is where the Hornets would be roughly 50 games into the season? No. um, I am on record for saying that that barring injuries, the Hornets would be, I mean, worse than last year, but I figured it was probably another another play-in team, probably another 10th seed. I thought that, obviously, they weren't going to have Miles Bridges. That's a whole different conversation, but I thought that a 43-win team losing a good player is probably still a 35-36-win team without injuries. And obviously, we have no idea what they would be like without injuries. But you still, you look at you got an all-star. You've got a you've got a coach who, uh, obviously, a lot of people didn't like the hire, but he's I think he's objectively a good coach. He, he's rarely this bad. And so I figured, you know, they wouldn't be good. But this, I did not see this coming. Yeah, this was hard to see. And so I've been on record the same. Uh, I didn't think that Miles Bridges made that great of an impact. Like when you really break down wins and losses, does losing one player who, sure, maybe he's a fringe all-star player, all right, but he just didn't seem to be that level of player. I've said that repeatedly on this this podcast. I've said it on socials, all the things. And so I I agree with you. I, I – landed somewhere in that 35 36 win range um maybe a couple more if they made a move middle of the season trade deadline things were looking pretty good 10 seed incoming um and so i i'm with you man i didn't see it you know going this route injuries obviously has played a role um and so speaking of injuries steve clifford all of a sudden, uh, this was this week after the loss in Utah. 
he seemed to be leaning towards blaming most of Charlotte's woes this season on injuries. And so I we really haven't heard that from Steve Clifford this year. He's been, you know, fiery in a couple press conferences, you know, post-game press conferences, things like that. Uh, but all of a sudden he's starting to kind of change his tune a little bit. Do you put most of the blame this season on injuries? Or is there something else that you point to more so than even that? You know, I, I think about this all the time because for a long time, for probably the first 30 games of the season or whatever it would be when LaMelo had played like three total games and, you know, Gordon Hayward's naturally missing his time and Cody Martin hadn't played yet and Dennis Smith is on his ninth ankle injury of the season. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I mean, this has to be the injuries. Like, you know, we're playing Teo Maladon, no disrespect to him, but we're playing him 25 minutes a game. And that's just not anything we could have seen coming. But then the guys get healthy and they're a little more watchable, but they're still losing and it's still closer or it's closer, but they're still losing. And now I'm just thinking like, yeah, if these guys were healthy the whole season, it's better. You know, they're not, I don't think they're the 14th, 15th season East, but they might be the 12th. I think, I think it's just, it's a mixture of it's a lack of talent, it's a severe lack of talent outside of LaMelo in particular. But I also think that the injuries have played a huge part in individually losing games. And also the fact that no one has gotten any sort of cohesion with anyone else. It seems like, I mean, we've all noticed as soon as one guy goes out, miraculously somebody's healed. So there, there's just, I mean, what what have we on one game where LaMelo, Terry Rozier, and Dennis Smith have gotten to play together? And then Gordon Hayward's just in and out like always, and you just never know. Yeah, I mean, the, the injury storyline <clears throat> coming in, I, I think I landed a lot where you are on this as well. Um, you look at the team, you see how they're performing. They're playing – it looked like they were playing hard early on. In a lot of games, just, I mean, we're winning in the fourth quarter and would end up losing a game that's double digits on the season now where the Hornets have led in the fourth quarter and ended up losing the game. And so, yeah, I I was where you were. But now at this point, I feel the team's generally healthy. I mean, still missing a couple guys. I know LaMelo just went out. Looks like he's going to be coming back. But for the most part, Kelly Oubre's out right now. Uh, we got a couple guys kind of miss a game here, miss a game there. But they've gotten healthier, but the wins haven't followed. And so mm-hmm. it, it it just has me at this point thinking these guys know 20 games under 500, no chance at the playoffs, that – that that piece of you that fights and wants to win and that drive and that determination, it seems like that's just taking a massive hit with each and every step of the way that's taken place over the summer uh, and the season. I Just the last, what, seven months has just been a wreck. It's been horrible. And, I mean, there's just – Bouncing back from that, if like it looks like the players, I know we we go in on the players often. We say, you know, these aren't winning players. Uh, they don't make winning basketball plays. Um, 
they look like they're playing for their next contract, not for, you know, the name on the front of their chest. Uh, they look like they've thrown the towel in. And, I mean, we 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 say these things a lot, but just with all of the twists and turns, it'd be hard not to. If I'm just being a human about it, I agree. it'd be really hard to not just say, man, we just can't catch a break. It is what it is. And so I, I fully agree. Yeah, I I think at the end of the day that it's just been too many things and it's just worn the guys down. And even that fight, that drive, that determination that was there at the beginning of the season, it just seems like it's dissipated and that it's just I could not agree more. Yeah, I, it, it, I don't know. But next, Gordon Hayward. This is a topic across all Hornets landscapes amongst the fan base. I have my own thoughts on this. You have your own thoughts on this. That's why I got you on the show, mainly. I mean, look, look, this is one of the main reasons why I had to get you on here because you made some interesting <laughs> comments the other night. Not because you don't have other good stuff. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. But <laughs> sometimes you just you, you pop off some some things that get the people and the juices flowing, you know, like you get like you've become this, uh, you know, this um Gordon Hayward defender. This Mason Plumley uh is pretty okay, actually. You guys need to chill off of him a little bit. That's kind of like I feel I haven't talked about you with anybody else, really. But just reading the comments, reading the things. Yeah. That's kind of where I fall in and where I think you kind of the the name you've gotten for yourself. <laughs> and so saying all that, that was long-winded, but saying all that, I'm gonna read your tweet from the other day. And then we're going to dive into, was Gordon Hayward a good signing for Charlotte? So here's your tweet. Here's your tweet. My hottest take, this has been, this has been, my hottest take that I expect no one on here will agree with me on is that the Gordon Hayward signing did more good than it did bad. At the very least, it broke even. Ben, explain more. Go in more. All right. So, well, first of all, I will not lie. Part of me does like to play devil's advocate just for the heck of it. But I also think that, and this is not just Hornets fans, NBA fans in general, people in general. It's very, it's, it's an extreme. It's, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one day LaMelo ball is Michael Jordan. And the next day we're wondering if he, if people are wondering if he's even better than Ricky Rubio. And it's just like, come on. So that's kind of where that comes from a little bit. Um, but anyway, addressing Gordon Hayward, um, that and say so that number on his contract is what everyone looks at and for and rightfully so that is a big number especially if you take into account the fact that you signed him by stretching Nick Batum so essentially he's making 39 million a year and I get that and I, and I understand that and this is me included um I do not I'm not really defending Gordon Hayward at this point I'm more defending Mitch Kupchak and Michael Jordan as much as I don't want to defend Michael Jordan but anyway um anyway Gordon Hayward, he got that team real winning experience that first year. I mean, that team was good because of him almost. Not to say that Tara's year, but that's, you know, Tara's year was good. That's rookie year, LaMelo. That team was good. I mean, he was the best player. He had a legitimate all-star case. When he was healthy, he played like the number that he was being paid. 
And then the next year, he was also another big reason as to why that team was good, won 43 games. Um, and I don't recall a situation where you could, where you thought that there was a move that the Hornets needed to make where you were like, ah, no, we just don't have the cap space for that. Um, and I think that any small move that you could have made would not have brought the same amount of value that not only winning experience, but I don't think people understand how much LaMelo really benefited from Gordon Hayward. He was a guy that he could defer to late in games while he learned how to be that guy because LaMelo was great as he is. I mean, he's got learned to do just like everybody else. Gordon Hayward was – he was also a guy that didn't need the ball very much, and he was just kind of he, – he could, he could exist off the ball. He could hold his own defensively, and he could make other people better. And now that was, of course, the Gordon Hayward of – a year ago, two years ago, the fall off now is drastic. I mean, to say the least, I mean, you know, last year, really mainly he was a good player on a bloated contract. This year he's kind of just a player on a bloated contract. He's just kind of out there existing a lot of the time. It's not that he's a bad player, but he's just, he's just kind of a fifth guy at this point out there. It seems like, but I think it, at this point you're going into a summer where assuming he's still on the roster, he's an expiring deal and I don't really know what you're expecting. They've got cap space this summer anyway. So he's on an expiring deal that theoretically you might be able to trade, but even if you can't, you're on, he's on an expiring contract. And like I said earlier, like I alluded to earlier, there was not really a situation where I felt that that number on his contract made a difference or really um, stopped, prevented the Hornets from doing anything that they wanted to do i mean obviously he took up some money on that contract but i don't recall a time when it felt like the hornets tried to do something and they couldn't because of his presence and so i'm just thinking that even though he is not anywhere near the player he was in 2020 i think that we're at least to the waning points of that contract where i'm not too worried about it and he has helped Lamelo and helped the young guys and gotten good playing experience in big games, even though the playing games were disastrous, they know what it's like to be in them. And I don't think that they're necessarily there if it wasn't for Gordon Hayward. All right. All right. I fall on the complete opposite spectrum. As you <laughs> um, but I do see what you're saying. I do. I do believe that first year in his contract, Gordon Hayward and Charlotte was a good player. And he was. Uh, I I believe that second year, Gordon Hayward was a pretty good player. And then I, I you know, you use the word bloated. Um, you know, you can use different terms here. I think we're both seeing the same things. The biggest thing with Gordon Hayward that I struggle with, and I know that you said that you're not really defending Gordon Hayward any much so more or or so much anymore but more so Mitch Kupchak MJ you know but I I believe that Mitch Kupchak does deserve a little bit of blame for this because I feel like this was something that your general NBA follower could see that Gordon Hayward had legit injury concerns throughout his career and it felt like one of those things where it was going to go just 
the way it has. And so I hear you. I, I, I agree. They don't get to 33 wins that first year without him. They don't get to 43 years last year without him. But I think that they get somewhere close to those numbers using that money differently. I I wasn't with Hornets lead at the time uh, of that free agency uh, period. I wasn't uh, – I mean, I was on Twitter. I was on Hornets Twitter making my statements and things like that. I wanted to go after Jeremy Grant. He ended up getting a three-year, $60 million deal. In hindsight, that looks pretty good. Uh, and so I can I, I can stick with that. I can feel good about that because that was half of what Hayward got. And then with the other 60 mil, I think uh, Christian Wood signed like a three-year, $57 million deal, I believe it was. Those were the two players I wanted that summer. Christian Wood doesn't look as good. He's become this like bad decision maker. Uh, you know, shot selection wise, things like that. He's a big who doesn't play like a big, doesn't rebound well. And so that one hasn't, you know, really played out as well. Um, and so, you know, we fake GM all the time, right? That's what that's what fans do, right? And so I wouldn't have hit as much on that one. I think it would have been an okay signing, but it would have been too much for a center, honestly. But the Jeremy Grant one, I feel like that would have given the Hornets a fantastic wing defender and then someone who can score. He also doesn't shoot that well from outside, but he's athletic. But um, those were th- those. That's what I wanted. And the day we signed Gordon Hayward, I was livid because I <laughs> I saw I thought it would play this this way. I I, I really did, and so um. That's my biggest thing. He hasn't been there when the teams needed him the most. Like, yeah, he helped him get to 33. He helped him get to 43. This year he's helped him get to 13. Um, But he hasn't been there when the teams needed him the most, and it's Mm -hmm. frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. I think that's what's got the fan base most frustrated. I believe if we got honest with some of these players, you know, off off the record, I think that they would voice frustrations that – you know, we were talking about earlier, like maybe it was the frustrations from the summer. I think you could keep going all the way back to last April to the play-in game and say that the frustration's been there since then. And part of that, because of the way that they got obliterated in the play-in game, but also for the second year in a row, Gordon Hayward's out for two months due to a sprained ankle. It's frustrating. Yeah, I don't mean to like. I feel like I'm not entirely sure how that came off. I don't mean to sound like that signing was an A plus or anything like that. No, you didn't come off that way. You no, no, you didn't come off that way. Yeah, I'm more saying it was something along the lines of like a a B minus, something like that. You know, something where it was like, and to me, I'm with you. I also knew at the time, like, I wasn't mad at it, but I knew at the time, like. Yeah, the third and fourth years of this contract, that's going to be rough. There's almost no doubt about it. And that's true. The injuries have been a real thing. The injuries were a real thing every year. Um, I am just of the mindset. And if you want to make the argument that there were better ways to use that money to get that veteran, that veteran talent that every young team needs, go for it. I will not argue that one bit. I will not give you any pushback because Gordon Hayward is making a bag. Um, it's just that I think if you look at the type of player – that you would want i think gordon hayward on court fits that 
almost to a T. You don't necessarily need to pay $39 million for that player. But I think that the help, I, I don't know if it was very evident, I think, the first year and the first two years, how much LaMelo benefited by playing with him. Like, I think that even if Gordon Hayward had a bad game, he just he took pressure off of LaMelo. LaMelo wasn't having to handle the ball at a ridiculous rate for some for a kid who was 19 that was just drafted a month ago. Um and that's and now that Gordon Hayward is slowly, not really slowly, rapidly becoming less a part of the 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 game plan and less a part of the team's plans in general, LaMelo has become more of that guy. He's become much more comfortable making decisions. He's got the ball more now with Clifford as the coach. And I just think that Gordon Hayward he made contributions that maybe he didn't even intentionally make. Maybe they don't show up on the stat sheet, but I think that I think that I can look back and say that even though a lot of people are going to, a lot of people are going to look at that contract and say that, yeah, that was, that was terrible. That set him back. And I, I don't agree with that. I think that there are a lot of benefits that came from it that are maybe not worth it, but make the, the last year or two of the contract, that number, I think it makes that bearable if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I went through this cycle with Gordon Hayward, started to really like him. And I'm like, oh, man, like Gordon, like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then injury happens. And you're like, oh, this is what I was worried about. Oh, my, here we go. And then, you know, he ends up missing this time and like the biggest games of the season. I remember that first year he missed like the last – we needed to win one game, I think, in the, out of the last seven in order to host the play-in and, like, give us 15 minutes. Like, he, they kept saying how he was nearing a return, and, like, he's really close. And I'm like, man, give us 15 minutes, distribute, hit open three if you get open. You don't have to play 30. I was just wanting something down the stretch just to secure that, the two chances in order to get into the playoffs – and it didn't happen, and I got super angry. I was like, man, I can't stand this guy. He couldn't come back. He couldn't do it. And then the next season he comes back, he's healthy. He's playing well. I'm like, man, okay, I'm starting like Gordon Hayward. You know I, you know what? I'm going to stop looking at the money that he makes and just look at him as the player he is. I can't be mad at the player because of the money he makes. And so that's what I started to do in order to talk myself back into – being a guy who could be okay with Gordon Hayward. Stop looking at his contract. Just look at his play on the court. It's pretty good. Let's see what happens. And then another injury. And then he misses the biggest games of the year. And here we are in year three. And he's been, I think he's on injury four. He's on injury four. This is fourth time missing. This is fourth time missing games this season. It's like, Man, this thing's over. This just did not go well. And, you know, it's it's just not good. I mean, it's just not good. I don't blame anybody for being frustrated with him because maybe I didn't make it clear. I, I am too. I mean, I'm sick of it. I, I've I've had it. I've pretty much like I've I you know I've had it up to here with with the injuries mainly. And, you know, you expect to decline and play with the age, but I I didn't expect this much. You know, I mean, this game doesn't really rely that much on athleticism. No, doesn't. Re- let me rephrase it. It doesn't rely at all on athleticism. No, um, 
And that's what makes the fact that he's just not been good this year kind of strange. Um, you'd think he'd fit pretty well with Clifford. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just as frustrated, too. You know, if, if there was a way to cut him and save the money, I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I don't want to come off like I am just thrilled with having him on the team. I want to be, you know, I just I, – I just – <laughs> that's about all I can say on that. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you. I hear you. All right, so we're going to move on to trade or fade. Trade machine thread from Ben. He's been putting these together. He's pieced a couple together so far. So what we're going to do, all right, if it's a trade that we think the Hornets should make, obviously Ben probably thinks it, all right, but I'm going <laughs> to answer. Ben's made them, so, you know, he's in on them. But then I'm going to, okay, trade, or it's going to be a fade. I'm good, man. I, I I don't know quite quite about that one. So the first one, Ben, do you want to read these off or do you want me to read them off? Uh, You got it. I don't have it right in front of me right now. Okay, I, I, then, I, then it looks <laughs> like I got it then. I'm, I, I'm with you. All right, the first one. This one was a good one. Hornets would be getting Bobby Portis. Okay, this one was a terrible one because the Hornets would be getting Grayson Allen. Yeah, uh, sorry Bobby, about that. That was contract purposes only. Don't oh, get okay. contract, but you can cut him immediately. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> a that's it a, out and, there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Carolina fan. I don't endorse that at all. Um, but salary Good. purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> so the Hornets would be getting back in uh, Ben's proposed deal: Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, and two seconds. For Terry Rozier. Ben, take me through your thoughts on this one. Well, um, thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented by the League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again. But theoretically, if Milwaukee is able to throw out a starting lineup of Drew Holiday, Terry Rozier, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez, I mean, that is that is perfect. Terry Rozier gives them the, the movement shooting they need, and he can play off Drew well because everyone that has ever watched a Hornets game knows that he is not a point guard. And I don't really like the idea of teams trading for him to be their backup point guard because he's essentially been the Hornets' backup point guard for the better part of the last two seasons, and that just doesn't work. It, not not at all. Um, and if you're the Hornets, you're getting back Grayson Allen, who, like it or not, has a little bit of trade value. Maybe you can flip, send him somewhere else. Bobby Portis, same deal. You know, you kind of got the center rotation taken care of. You know, you figure you want Mark Williams and Nick Richards to be that rotation for the for a little while until you're proven otherwise. But Bobby Portis, again, another player that you can price in somewhere else, either immediately or, or in the offseason. And then the second round picks are kind of just they're they're in there because Terry Rozier is by far the best player in that deal. I think that you're I think that you are not getting anything for him if you're not getting a little bit of draft compensation. Maybe I'm not entirely sure um what first round picks the Bucks have available to trade, but I do but maybe you can figure out a way to get maybe like a lottery protected first at some point. Um but I just think that this is a way Hornets can get a little something and kind of reset there with that contract. And, the, and it just benefits the Bucks a lot, I think. All right. Trade or fade? I'm going to have to go with 
I'm going with the fade because Grayson Allen's in the deal. I can't do it. It can't. He can't be on the Hornets for a second. He can't be on the Hornets for a second, man. We can't have him back in this state. Can't happen. But no, you made some good points. I wouldn't mind, honestly. Bobby Portis. I think if he came to Charlotte, he'd play more of that stretch four uh, rota- uh, role. And I know PJ's here. Jalen, kind of in that hybrid three, four role. Um, I think Bobby Portis could be one of those guys who really mentors the younger guys. I would love to have a Bobby Portis uh, in Charlotte who's just got that. He's got that it factor. He's a vet. He's been around the league. He's found his home, it seems, if he ended up in Charlotte. He's on a decent contract, all right, 10 uh, ten mil per. Uh, we'd have three years with him. Um, and so I think he would be a great guy to have in the locker room, uh, to mentor, things of that nature. I think that would actually be a good pickup. Like you said, if you could get a, you know, some kind of first protected in the deal – then obviously I even with Grayson Allen, I might would have to say trade uh, on that one. But uh <laughs> yeah, I I think a Bobby Portis would be really good for this locker room, the culture uh, around the team, things like that. I really do. Even though he punched a teammate in the face before. Uh I think <laughs> we we need a little bit of that, if, if we're being honest. We need a little bit more fight. We need a little bit more something. Uh so I like that idea. That was a good one. That was a good one. Moving on to the next one. Okay, this is with the Suns. Once again, Terry Rozier would be going out. Terry. It's all Terry. We're focused on Terry today. Terry would be going to the Suns. There's been rumors. There's been reports. That might be a thing, right? The Hornets in this deal would get back a protected first-round pick, top 10 protected. All right. Landry Shamit and Jay Crowder, the guy who won't wear the Suns uniform again, would be in Charlotte. Ben, what are your thoughts? All right. Well, and let me just apologize first. I love Terry. I really do. I, I love him to death. And it would be sad to see him go. I think it's just one of those things where everyone love him or not. You just see that it's just it's just probably kind of time. It's just with the, the fit next to LaMelo is sketchy at best. And so I think and I'm kind of contradicting what I said earlier, but I hope a team doesn't trade for him to play backup point guard, and that's kind of what it feels like Phoenix would be doing here. Um, but Phoenix needs some offense off the bench because campaign is – he is what he is. Um, it's not great. Landry Shamit again, he is what he is. But – when Devin Booker's not in the game and when Devin Booker's not on the court, like he hasn't been that team. I mean, that's just not a good team. Terry and Terry was here. He can help that. I mean, he's a 20 point per game score that I think that they would value. And they're getting on all they're sending really is a player who refuses to play for them. Anyway, Landry Shaman, who is an eighth man in their rotation, essentially. And then a pick that you would expect ends up, in the mid-teens somewhere. And I think if you're getting the real Terry Rozier that you see in Charlotte, that's a good trade for them. And again, kind of the same reasoning as I gave for the trade with the Bucks is the Hornets just, they need to reset that. They need that contract is, it's not maybe necessarily as bad as some people think, but it's not, it, it's not great. Um, and 
they need a way to just reset that and a way to to open up some space to find somebody that just fits better next to Lamelo because Terry Rozier is not that guy. Yeah. The the one thing that has me hitting the pause button on this deal, Shamit would be would be on the books for the next three years at nine and a half mil per. That'd be the one thing that would cause me to pause on this deal. Because the first round pick, it would land. Uh, the Suns aren't going to have a top 10 pick. Uh, could probably, honestly, you could just go ahead and lottery protect that. And the Hornets would still probably, that'd be a good asset in this upcoming draft, 2023. Um, Jay Crowder, the Hornets would probably, if they acquired him in a deal, look to flip him, obviously, I think, and would take anything for him at that point. Or, you know, maybe the buyout market. Who knows where that goes? Uh, this one, I don't think the Suns are going to have a run in the playoffs this year. So I think this is a late teens pick, early 20s. This is pretty enticing. Um, I think because that first-round pick has value, uh, you can use that to bring in a player. You can use that to – draft a player, of course, or to trade for a player, whatever. The only pause I would have here would be Shamit being on the, mm-hmm. I, trying to move him on a three-year deal. I think that would be tough. I feel like you'd have to give up an asset to do that. That would be my only holdup here. And so for that reason, I think I'd have to fade this one just because I, get I think everything else there is good, though. I get it. I don't think that I guess I don't think the Shamley contract is quite as bad as you do. It's not yeah. great, you know. He's not he's not a ten million dollar player, but I think just in general, it's no one's gonna be like no no one's gonna be necessarily too put off by that. I don't think. Now I'm not in any NBA front offices. I could be wrong. Um, but like you said, Jay Crowder. This trade's made. Jay Crowder's never playing a second for the Hornets. He's either getting flipped immediately, or he's getting bought out, or something of that nature. But he's on an expiring deal anyway. But like and then there's a new TV deal coming, so that makes the Shamit contract even more just I don't know if irrelevant is the right word, but I'm just not as concerned about it as you are, I think. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that'd be the only thing that would cause me to hold up on that deal. I think everything else was good. Um, Ben, man, I've appreciated you being on the episode. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find you, where they can, uh, you know, interact with you, all of those things. Yeah, I am at Ben H U N C C on Twitter. You can either look that up or you can scroll in the timeline for a little bit. And I'm sure somebody will have quote tweeted me saying, I have no clue what I'm talking about, saying I haven't ever watched a game. Uh, the Ben Borrego stuff has died down a little bit, you know, since Borrego hadn't been around. Um, but yeah, um, I tried. Oh, to yeah, win. that was the other one I didn't mention. The great Borrego, Hayward, and Plumley defender. That yeah, doesn't man. happen often. You usually I don't, don't really, get good I don't, results. I don't want to be known as a Hayward defender, but I'll tell you what. For 2022-23, I will defend Plumley. I will do that. He, he has been good, and I hope that we trade him as soon as possible. <laughs> Because yeah, it's another one. It's time, and his trade value will never be higher. Um, never. But yeah. Anyway, feel free. I, I, I'm open to always discussing basketball, so long as you try to keep it at least somewhat respectful, which has seemed to be a challenge among 
a lot of my a lot of the people I've interacted with. But yeah, that's about all I got to say. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on this episode of Hive Hoops. 